coming to this series for the first time to a meditation. So a number of new individuals, including our meditation leader. <laughs> well, thank you all for being here. Um, very briefly, for those of you who are visiting for the first time, the Rothko Chapel opened in 1971 as a place for people of all religions or none. It is the complete work of the artist Mark Rothko. So you're surrounded by these 14 uh, majestic paintings. And not only did Rothko create these paintings, but he also conceptualized this entire environment. And an important part of this environment is the natural light. So some people don't realize it, but if you look up, there's light coming from a skylight. This is what we call a baffle, which is the, our fourth iteration of trying to figure out the best way to distribute light into the, the space and onto the paintings. And what makes today especially unique is that this is gonna be our final meditation inside the chapel before we close for renovations. So the next time you're here for a meditation in nine months or so, um, the space is gonna look different. And we're working with a lighting designer and an architecture firm who's helping us to better optimize the light inside the space. But you guys have come on a really great day. It's very sunny out. So you're getting a lot of light and you're really able to see the different colors in, uh, in the paintings, which I do invite you all to, to look around at while you're here, if this is your first time. Um, this is not always the case. Sometimes you come at the end of the day and it's very dark, but hopefully after these new changes, that will not be the case in the future. Um, also, in addition to being a place that's open every day of the year for people to come, to sit, to reflect, uh, we offer ongoing public programs that sit at the intersection of art, spirituality, and human rights. And this series is part of a series that we've been offering since 2005 called, um, I always forget the title, forgive me, 12 Moments Experiencing Spiritual and Faith Traditions, where we invite uh, different facilitators and leaders from various uh, spiritual and faith traditions throughout the city to come and lead us in an educational and experiential moment. Um, and the idea is to learn about practices and uh, traditions that are different than our own and also to be able to, to learn some universal tools that we can take with us and adapt in our own lives for how to be more mindful individuals living in this very complicated world. Um, the other thing I wanna mention before we move on is that this program, what also makes this unique is this year for the 12 Moment Series, we identified different words that we believed connect us in our humanity. And every single month there's been a different word that we've invited our meditation leaders to reflect on. So today's word is stewardship. And this program is one of our pre-programs leading up to a three-day symposium that we're gonna be offering February 28th to March 2nd written here in your program called Toward a, Better Future, Toward a Better Future, Transforming the Climate Crisis. For three days, we're inviting uh, religious leaders, politicians, artists, um, the list goes on, scientists to engage in a cross-sector discussion uh, around our current climate crisis and opportunities for us to create a new path forward. So if you all are not familiar with this, I invite you all to go to our website. There's lots of information on there and a lot of different opportunities of of how you can plug in. So before the introduction, I would like to ask that you all please take a moment to silence your cell phones and to also refrain from photography. We are audio documenting this program and we'll also be taking a few photos which we'll share on our website and they'll be available for you all in the future. So now it is my great pleasure to introduce Mary Carol Edwards from the Houston Zen Center. And forgive me, I generally try not to read the entire 
uh, bios that we have printed in the program, but I feel like all these words are really good. And so I'm just going to read you what we have written about her in case you haven't written it for your, read it for yourself. Mary Carroll is a lay and trusted Dharma teacher at the Houston Zen Center. After exploring various faith traditions, she began practicing Zen Buddhism in Soto lineage in 1998. She also has a calling for environmental restoration, particularly wetlands. She was a stormwater wetland specialist for Texas A&M Extension Service for eight years and recently started on a new path as a wetland plant farmer. Mary Carroll has deep roots in Texas as a ninth generation native and loves to see nature and Dharma flourishing in Houston. So uh, I really can't think of a better person to lead this particular meditation. Thank you so much for being here. The format for today is that she's going to lead you in a practice that will be around 40 or 50 minutes, and then there'll be some time at the end for you all to ask questions and share your reflections. So please join me in welcoming her in whatever way feels right for you, a smile, a bow, a clap. Thank you all. Thank you, Ashley. I'm very honored to be here. Is the sound okay? Can everyone hear? Uh, this topic is stewardship is um, very dear to me. And uh, I think it's very auspicious at the time when this place, which is so carefully cared for and stewarded, is going through a transformation. I'm glad to be able to bring some thoughts about stewardship to you at this time. What I have to say is really simple, and yet I felt compelled to make notes anyway. But these notes are from the heart, so I hope that you'll forgive me reading to you. Ashley mentioned a little bit about what we would be doing, and I wanted to elaborate a, a little more on that. I'll speak for a few minutes about Zen practice and about stewardship, and then we'll have a sitting meditation, about 10 minutes, and I'm going to talk and guide you through that. We'll then have walking meditation, which is another form of typical Zen meditation. I'll tell you more about that as we do it, as we start. And then we'll sit back down again for a longer period of meditation in silence. And after that, we'll have an opportunity for questions, discussion. Stewardship is not something that we elect to do. We're doing it all the time, continuously. So what is it we're actually doing then? Seeing this on a moment-to-moment -moment basis is the practice of Zen. Everything we are doing affects our minds, our communities, and our environment. Everything. Let's look a little bit more closely about this. Everything. As we're sitting in this really remarkable space, a lot of us are on benches. Some of us are seated on cushions. And these benches and cushions that are supporting us have... Uh, so many components to them. These are big pieces of timber here. You know, these were made from old trees. They experienced a lot of sunshine, a lot of rainfall. They took up nutrients. They gave out oxygen. They grew over many years. Even the, the floor that we are supported by, made of minerals, and uh, the nutrients come from far away. And all these things, rain, sunshine, they have no boundaries, really. So with the simple focus on our bench, we can see that they're actually linked to 
all around the world, even beyond to our sun, to our solar system. And thinking about this deeply, we can see there's this network of connections that go on and on and on. The more you look at them, the deeper they are. And thinking about the people involved in just these seats here, the craftsmen, the ones who identified the trees, the teachers for those people, the families that supported them. It goes back in time and it goes out across the world. And eventually you can see that nothing is left out. Everything is included. So everything is like this and our opportunity to be here in this space which was brought to us by so many people is also like this. And every moment it is like this. It's really quite unique and it's really quite miraculous, no matter how simple or mundane the moment may seem to be. This is a view of interdependence, where everything depends on a relationship with everything else. And interdependence is a core of the Buddha's teaching from 2,500 years ago in India and Nepal. So seeing this network of interdependence and relationships, we see that there's only sharing, there's no owning. Sure, we may conventionally own something like a car or a pair of shoes, but time doesn't care about that. Eventually, everything changes. So for me, this true sharing of everything is the essence of stewardship. We're interdependent with the whole world and because of this, our choices matter. We're always making choices in our lives, moment to moment, unconsciously and consciously. This is the continuous stewardship of our life and our environment, these choices that we make. How we acknowledge and care for this all this, including the living beings, the resources. This is our stewardship. And furthermore, these choices that we make deeply reflect our states of mind. Everyone has the ability to calmly and clearly see their lives at some points, and our states of mind shift. But this ability to see ourselves clearly is a universal trait. It doesn't matter whether you practice Buddhism. It doesn't matter what your faith tradition is. You have the ability to see your life clearly. And sometimes we need guidance. So becoming aware of our states of mind and the nature of mind, this is the foundation of Zen practice. And the way that we do this is through meditation. So now let's experience this. Make ourselves comfortable on our seats. This may mean coming to the forefront of our seat or maybe sitting more fully on our seats. Planting our feet on the ground in a way that makes us feel stable. Check that stability, check the posture. 
Let's take a few calming breaths. They may be deep, they may be long, however your body is requesting. Now looking again at our posture and allowing our breaths to be easy and natural, we'll continue breathing naturally throughout this meditation. Feel our spines. Can we adjust them so that they support us effortlessly? Bring them into alignment, each vertebrae. Our shoulders relaxed and falling back slightly. Our vertebrae extending past our shoulders to our heads, supporting our heads lightly. jaws are soft and tilted slightly toward the ground. The eyes can be slightly open and also focused on the ground. All our senses are open. to our hands, they may be on our knees, gently, or they can be in a position we call the cosmic mudra, where the right hand supports the left hand, and the thumb tips touch very gently in an oval, and we place them at the top of our thighs. heart of our meditation practice is our breath. So let's watch it. And as we're watching our breath, thoughts will arise inevitably. Sensations, feelings, preferences, we have the option to observe them and not engage.
each thought that comes up. Can be seen and can be acknowledged and allowed to pass. back to the breath again and again. simply allowing our brains to do what they do, to generate thoughts. But we are also allowing ourselves to not play with the thoughts. We let them go. focus may pass to parts of our body as we breathe and are be aware of sensations in our hands, shoulders, simply notice. the pressure of the earth on your feet. Notice also your face, is it relaxed? How 
how does it feel to put the slightest smile on your face? Hold something firm. observation may take you from place to place and always come back to your breath. And now we'll have an experience of walking meditation. We will have the same mind that we've been cultivating as we're sitting, but it will be a little more complex because we'll be moving. In this space, we are going to stand together in a moment and create circles of um, the space in front of you. So between your benches, you will have a circuit and that will be your circle. We'll walk slowly together, and um, some of you are a little more closely, close together than others. You'll want to space yourselves out, maybe an arm's distance, and walk each step with a breath. Okay, so let's rise and now feel that sensation of rising. If the uh, meditation cushions are in the way, you may want to fold those up. Traditionally, we walk in a uh, clockwise fashion. So to do this, we will each turn to our left when we hear the bell and take slow steps, cueing them to our breath. So you may want to watch a few steps after I start and then take it up.
at the sound of the bell, we'll continue to walk forward at a regular pace to our spaces. Please be seated. We'll have another opportunity for seated meditation. This one will be a little longer and it will be silent. So have an opportunity to go a little deeper into this practice, explore it. And remember your breath. And at the sound of the bell, we'll close.
Okay, we're coming to the end of the program. Uh, we've allowed a little time for questions or anything that uh, you would like to bring up, anything that came up for you in this experience. But before I um, uh, open the floor, I want to tell you that the Houston Zen Center is a resource that's available for everybody located in the Heights. There's a um, array of classes and meditation going on all through the week, except Fridays, it's closed on Fridays. This week there's a retreat going on, uh, so it's closed, but will be open on Monday. Um, the website is houstonzen.org. I hope you'll take a look. And um, if there are any questions, happy to discuss. Not a question, just a really enjoyed your talking about the, the, the timber that we sit on or that some people are sitting on, with how they were nourished and the life that they had in that connection. Really enjoyed that. I felt almost brought to tears about it. Really, it's beautiful. Thank you. I enjoyed reflecting on how I'm being conscious or not, you know, how often do I use a plastic bottle of water as opposed to taking the time to use my medicine? Mm -hmm. <coughs> it's, it's simple, but I hear your words that every little movement uh, vibrates a message out, and I appreciated that reflection. Yeah, thank you, Russell. I think everything does have value in I wanted to work in a little story, a little Zen story, so that's a good intro. There's a, an old story about two young monks who wanted to see a Zen master that they heard lived up in the mountains, up way up in the mountains, and uh, they went to go see this guy. They climbed the mountains. They were following the stream up to the top where the, the Zen master lived, and as they were walking along the stream, they saw a cabbage leaf come floating down the river. And they looked at each other and said, oh, forget it, this guy's no good, and started to turn back around. And then they saw this Zen master running down the hill after his cabbage leaf, capturing the cabbage leaf from the water. And then the monks looked at each other again and said, okay, we can study with him. What was it they understood? Just as you said, every cabbage leaf every plastic bottle, it all matters. And the way that we treat it really demonstrates something about our understanding of interconnectedness. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> How, what guides you to choose doing a walking meditation versus a seated meditation? Uh, well, it, uh, it is something that you can use at home, you know, depending on your body, you may feel more comfortable walking or, si or sitting. In uh, classical Buddhism, we say we've got many postures for Buddhism, uh, meditation, walking, sitting, standing, lying down, and um, even partway to the bed, falling. And so um, it's a kind of a personal choice. But really, I encourage people to experience sitting meditation as well. It tends to be more challenging for some people. Um, just the act of getting yourself to stop 
is challenging. Um, and walking meditation is a good support for that. You, you get to, you know, uh, get the circulation going after sitting meditation, but it also gives you a little bit more complex environment. You know, you have to have your eyes open. Um, different sensations are coming up, and this is something new to work with, which is meditation. I've walked labyrinths, and so I was thinking to try this slower walking meditation in a labyrinth. That would be an interesting experience. Yeah. The labyrinth is a is a uh, uh, kind of a commonality in between Zen walking practice and the contemplative walking of the labyrinth, there's a lot of overlap there. They're different, but there is some commonality. I'm curious what you thought when you heard the leaf blower. <laughs> ah. Did your mind go to that? Oh, sure, did yours? Yeah, yeah. it did. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then it went back to my knees, and it went to the light that was blooming, then to my breath, yeah. I was wondering if you ever get caught up in like the urgency of environmental challenges and kind of the stress of that and is the solution as straightforward as meditation or how do you handle that kind of frenetic energy? Yeah, that's a really good question. There's so much to be done that you can start running in circles and become frenetic like you said, right? Um, it's important to know what it is that you can do. And for some people, it's baby steps, just putting the compost in a compost pile. For other people, it may be, oh, I'm gonna run for county commissioner, or you know, it, it depends on your own causes and conditions that have brought you to the place you are in your life. But, um, the calmness that you can develop inside, that we need to develop inside, will really influence our approach to how we um, respond to crises, environmental, societal, you know, personal. Um, it's essential to make time to um, meditate, you know, to really know your mind, to see the space between thoughts very peaceful, be in touch with that peace. And then we can go forward into some really challenging situations from there. Well, I was thinking, um, like I grew up in a place that we didn't have much water. And so I am really conscious about, you know, if you bring that awareness to brushing your teeth, to everything that you do, that you can turn on a tap and you have access to water, that we can flush the toilet, everything, you know, all those, th I mean, if you bring an awareness to everything that you just take for granted every day, mm -hmm. um, you know, you will find that you're not buying Ziploc bags all the time or you're not, you start covering your food with another plate instead of uh, saran wrap or you, you start, you know, incorporating into your existence 
everything that will save the planet, you know? And you start mm -hmm. reading about, oh, if I, if I do this or if I do that, every, you know, like Gandhi said, every one person can change the world, you know? Just one thing at a time. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's about bringing awareness into your everyday life and not walk around oblivious to your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Every choice counts. I'm uh, right now I'm living the consequences of some choices that I made um, over long periods of time, the things that I picked up not carefully and the things that I um, overexerted myself with, the ballet class 35 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. And so I've got some back problems right now and you see me walking really slowly, but I'm taking care of that. Just an example of how each one of these choices along the way, maybe forgotten, um, accumulate, and they do have impacts. I just wanted to add <coughs> on the calmness and centeredness and wholeness you get from the meditation makes you a better advocate when you are speaking, arguing, promote, you know, whatever you're doing instead of ranting and losing yourself that you can keep that centeredness and it makes for a more powerful communication and connection. That's true, and it's contagious, you know, the calmness, the centeredness. I think one more question, we have time. Well, if not, we will go ahead and close. I would like to bow to you all and thank you so much for being here and thank the Roscoe Chapel for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity.